power of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. Thank you for this gathering because it's unto no other name but unto the name of Jesus. Your word says, Wherever two or three are gathered in your name, you are there in their midst. Holy Spirit, we ask that you shall take absolute control. As I'm about to speak your word, may I not speak of my own accord, but may I speak as you grant me utterance. By virtue of the fact that my blood bonds is in the kingdom of God, I take authority in the realm of the Spirit. And I declare a supernatural injunction on any activity of the enemy in this place. We declare this place in the hearts and the minds of the people of God, sanctified and made ready for them to have an encounter with their Father. To glory, Father, to glory, Son, to glory, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' most excellent name, have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Somebody put your hands together for the Lord. Even as you take your seats. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you are happy to be in church today? Yeah. In fact, haven't I missed you people? <laughs> yeah. I had to be away small, but thankfully I'm back. Hallelujah. And uh, I want to appreciate the pastors for taking good care of you in my absence. Oh, I think you can do it better for them. Hallelujah. God bless you for holding the fort. And all those who have been preaching ever since I took my leave of absence, let's, let's appreciate all of them. I've been following every single minute from wherever I was. Hallelujah. All right. How many of you are ready for the word this morning? Okay. Today's word is going to be a very brief one. I need to warm myself up <laughs> back hallelujah it's, it's going to be short in fact the, the the sermon itself is one sentence it's just one sentence and it will come probably in the middle or the end that is most of the sermon is a build up to that sentence hallelujah so you need to follow me and follow me well hallelujah all right how many of you have heard about angels before you've heard about angels before all right. How many of you have heard about ravens? Raven, the bed. You've heard about ravens before. All right. Okay. Today I'm going to speak to you on what I've entitled "Angels and Ravens." Yeah. Angels have a certain reputation. What What are some of the things we associate angels with? Anybody? What are some of the things we associate angels with? Strength, yes. Beauty, ah. Uh-huh. Yes. Comfort, like they give comfort. Okay, yes. <laughs> yes, ah. Uh-huh. Blessing, yes. They are messengers, yes. Ah. When we say somebody's an angel, what are we? What are we trying to say? What? What? What are? <laughs> say somebody's an angel what what are some of the words that come to your mind pardon pardon 
God sent, uh-huh. Gentle, good, what else? Kind, innocent, pure, good-hearted, no bad character, etc., etc. Those are angels. Hallelujah. All right. On the other hand, when we talk about ravens, their reputation is not so good. <laughs> In fact, I was doing some research on some cultural implications or representations of the things that ravens are supposed to represent in different cultures and and all of them were negative in fact ravens are supposed to represent bad luck so they say if you see a a, a raven if you you meet a raven on the way means today your day will not be good it means some bad things are waiting for you they are supposed to be negative omens they are supposed to be unclean. You see, angels are associated with being clean, being pure, being obedient. You know, angels, when God says go here, they'll go. They don't question. And they go and they deliver. Just as God has said. Right? Ravens are associated with vice. You know, how many of you have heard of the Jewish Talmud? The Jewish Talmud. It's like an extension of um, biblical history or whatever it is. Okay. That, that some of the things that were not captured in the Bible fully in terms of the, the storyline. Right. Uh, even we are told that Jesus' miracles is not all of them that were recorded because there wouldn't be a book big enough to be able to contain them. So the other books that contain some of these, these, these facts. And one of them is called the Jewish Talmud. And in the Talmud, they said, you know the animals that were sent into the ark? They were sent two by two. Male, female, male, female, male, female. And according to the Talmud, there was a restriction on mating on the animals. Because Noah, one, wasn't sure how long the flood was going to last. So if you are mating, mating, and giving birth, giving birth in, the, in the ark, it will get to a time there will be no space. So there was actually a restriction on mating. According to the Jewish Talmud, there were only three animals that broke that rule and the raven was one of them. He said no mating. Male raven, when you see the female raven, fly here, let her also pass here. But raven, I don't know who the other two were. You can guess, you can choose to guess (laughs) which other two animals will do that and break the rule. So they actually believe that the raven being sent to go and check whether the flood had stopped or not was a punishment. It's like, go, if the flood kills you, you now you are bad already. It's like you are not helpful in this place. You are, you are causing trouble. So you go. If something bad happens to you, let it happen to you. And we all know the raven went and they didn't come back. Uh, me now hear that I am you are looking at me some way you say I've gone to do something that yeah yeah so I'm going I don't come freedom gone you can take your ark so ravens don't have a very good reputation hallelujah when we talk about unclean animals they are part they are part so there is a very sharp contrast between 
angels and ravens. But I want to show you some scriptures. Two scriptures. The first one is in 1 Kings chapter 19. Let's read verse 7. 1 Kings chapter 19 verse 7. I'll be done very soon. 1 Kings chapter 19. <laughs> Believe me. Trust me. He said, and the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him. We're talking about Elijah here. You know Elijah? Man of God. Prophet of fire. If you joke, you call fire right now. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, rise and eat because the journey is too great for thee. So here God sent an angel to minister to Elijah. And interestingly, this ministration had to do with food. He needed to eat because there was a very tough journey ahead of him. Let's look at 1 Kings chapter 17 and let's start reading from verse 1. 1 Kings chapter 17 from verse 1. Same man. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Verse 2. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Verse 3. Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. Verse 4. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. Same man. He needed food. God needed to minister to him. On one occasion, he chooses to use the pure creature. The one who doesn't have any bad past. The one who doesn't have any bad reputation. The one who has a good record. But this time around, same man who needed ministration, God decided that I'm not going for the angel, but the raven can do the same thing. And this is my sermon. God can use the angel and he can also use the raven. I don't know which category you fall into. Maybe you, you are an angel. You are an angel because you don't have bad thoughts. You have never thought of anything evil in your life. You are an angel because you are a physical virgin. You see, we have physical virgins and mental virgins. <laughs> Even though you are a physical virgin, can, can I enter that realm small? You are a physical virgin. The things that have gone on in your head. Even the top most pornography producing companies. When they see this, it's too, it's too much. It's too much for our audience. So, so maybe you are an angel. <laughs> he 
if we are to go by Jesus' standard of what the definition of adultery is. And the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That is you. So as for the ravens, they've accepted that they have been there before. Been there than that. Very, I'll be done very soon. You have caught the message already. I can sit down. <laughs> as for the ravens, they know. Yeah, you know. That their record. Let me look at the record of Exodus. They know that at a point in time in their life, they were calling their father's age mate baby. You are calling your father's age mate baby. It's the spirit of sponsorship. <laughs> your father's age mate, too. Your father's age mate. So they know. But let me tell you the difference between these ravens and the one that Noah sent. Those ravens were sent by a human being. This one, they say, God sent these ravens. That means, before I send you, it means you must have an encounter with me. I must either call you in person or on phone. A raven that has encountered God is usable by God. It doesn't matter what your reputation is. It doesn't matter what your past is. I'm bringing you this message because while I was away, God showed me you and showed me him using you. I'm telling you, look, this church is full of people who are going to be used mightily by God. And God said, come and take care of a certain barrier and a certain obstacle. Which is people's past and the mistakes that they have made. I'm telling you today, that you may be an angel, God will use you. You may have been a raven and God can still use you. Amen. In the Bible, there are many ravens. So. I mean, the only angel I see is Mary that God used. She cried. She cried. We can't even be 100% sure. Look, I don't, I don't care what you've done in the past. I don't care what your weaknesses are. I don't care what your reputation is. God wants to use you. And you see, I want you to understand that it's an honor for you to be useful to God. It's an honor for you to be useful to God. Look, when we talk about ministry, we have made them say, God was showing me that a lot of revivals and moves of God have not survived because when we, our understanding of what God using somebody is, is limited. We are thinking of pulpit. We are thinking of microphone. But for a move of God to be sustainable, it must be all-encompassing. And I studied Jesus' ministry and the reason why he stood. Aside the people who could cast out the devils and preach, there were those who were prepared to dirty their hands in the kitchen. Like, like Martha and Co. Women behind the scenes. We are told of Mary Magdalene, who was a sponsor of Jesus' work. And she was not an angel. We are told that Jesus had cast out seven demons. She alone. Not one, not two. 
And she needed to stay close to Jesus because if she lost God, the Bible said, if one demon leaves you and it comes back and the place has, has been swept and has not been occupied, it's going to bring seven more stronger than itself. So if each of this, those ones that left came back, not even 49 because it will be 888, seven times, eight times seven as well, 56. But she stayed close to Jesus because she knew, look, I can't go back to where I was. How my life was. I don't know what demons they were. Maybe adulterous demons. Maybe fornication demons. Maybe demons of evil thoughts and lustful thoughts. And Jesus had to cast them out of her life. But when we talk about the pillars in the ministry of Jesus, we never heard Mary Magdalene preaching. But behind the scenes, change your mentality about what it means for God to use you. In Jesus' ministry, when it came to the time when Jesus' body had to be dealt with in a certain way in order for a certain scripture to be fulfilled, that was not time for those who cast out demons. It was not the time for those who could preach the word. It was the time for people who were in the corridors of power and had influence, like Joseph of Arimathea. He said, give me Jesus' body. If Peter had gone, they would have sacked him. If John had gone, they would have sacked him. If James had gone, they would have sacked him and probably beheaded him before his later beheading. But Joseph of Arimathea had access in certain corridors of power. I see many of you walking in corridors of influence. Where one word you will speak will just change things. Where, where a signature that you will sign will cause things to be moved for the sake of the kingdom of God. Change your mentality about what it means for God to use you. Yes, he will use you in a spiritual way. But wherever you find yourself, know that you are ambassador of Jesus Christ. And allow yourself to be used. There were many ravens in, 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 in the Bible. Rahab. The harlot of Jericho. In fact, one of the Jewish history books, they said at the time those people went to Rahab, she was over 60 years old. For you to be 60 years old and still be practicing as a harlot. In actual fact, in Jewish history, there have been four women who were the most beautiful. Sarah, who was Abraham's wife. Um, Rahab was one of them. Um, I've forgotten who the other two were. When I remember, I'll tell you. But there were four. All I want you to know is that Rahab was one of them level high class prostitute and she had managed to build a house from the prostitution profitable <laughs> just making profit you only dream about of all the people in Jericho God needed to use one person he said I want this one the one that is dirty the one whose reputation is not so good. The one who has made many mistakes in life. She is the one that I'm looking for. Look, you may be a raven. You may have made mistakes in life. You may have had made wrong decisions. You have taken wrong turns. But God is about to shock you. God says, I should tell you, you are still in his plans. And you are still the plan A for that assignment. Any of you, you, are, you feel somewhere about being used by God because you feel you don't qualify. Rahab didn't qualify you. 
But when we are naming the ancestors of Jesus, we will name the angel Mary inside. But deep inside there too is Rehab. The harlot. Prostitute. If you don't know what harlot means, prostitute. The woman Jesus met at the well wasn't an angel. I believe the woman used to go to fetch water alone because you see the Jews, the women used to go to fetch water in groups so that they can gossip and give news update. The newest thing in town and blah, 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 blah. But this woman wouldn't go with her, them because she was the subject of a lot of gossip. Ah, look at this husband's nature. If you see this woman coming, hide your husband so, hide your husband so this woman. So she couldn't fit in. So she had to wait for everybody to go and fetch their water. So that lonely, alone, she walk and go and fetch the water. I'm sure even when Jesus Christ came to speak to her, she thought Jesus was coming to give her life. He was coming to toast. So she said, "Give me water." I said, "Now, is your known to me? What does known to me?" Because I'm sure she was used to men approaching her in a certain way. That's her life. That some of you, you attract negative guys. It's like good ones don't come. All the ones that come are Malekites, Midianites, Amorites, Hittites. The hit and run people, they are the Hittites. Hittites. They are the ones. Those who come and look at them and say, You are my taste. You are my taste. You are my taste. Where me taste? And you are happy. This woman was used to men breaking her heart. She'll give her heart to the man, give her soul to the man, give her body to the man. And at the end of the day, It doesn't end well. I'm sure someday I, I, I prophetically met her and told her that there, there's a certain spirit that is fighting your stability. If you for but then she encountered Jesus Christ at the well. Jesus going to meet that woman was out of his comfort zone. In the first place, what's a prophet doing with a woman alone by the well? And the wells were usually in the outskirts of the town. In a secluded place. But he had made a certain statement. He said, I must needs go through Samaria. There was somebody he had to meet. Wherever God has to pass to catch you. Wherever God has to pass to encounter you. So that you will become a raven that has encountered God. He will meet you at that place. Some of you are about to have some burning bush experiences. Some of you, God is about to arrest you in a unique way. Some of you are about to have encounters. Damascus road encounters. This raven of a woman. Had one encounter with Jesus Christ. And the Bible says she went and started 
speaking about the kingdom. The first Gentile to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. First Gentile. And he wasn't some clean fellow. He wasn't anybody with who was born into a very religious home. Who grew up doing quiet time at the age of three. She's been there, done that. She's had a fair share of heartbreaks. She's had a fair share of mistakes. She's been used by men. With a reputation in the town and in the city. You see, ladies, there are certain parts of your body that are meant for your future babies. But some of you have been generous. Have been very generous. I'm, I'm finishing the message. I'm finishing. You, you have been very generous. Behind your back, they are calling you cowbell. Our mail. But you don't even know. Say, Charlie, cowbell, they come up. Because you have been too generous. Oh, but you are still worthy to be used by the master. In fact, I am convinced that God is more interested in the ravens than the angels. Because when I look at the Bible, as I said, Mary is the only one who looks like an angel that I saw. Today, I want to tell you, put your mistakes behind you. Stop letting your mistakes limit you as to how much God can use you. Because God uses angels and he uses ravens as well. And those who look down on people because of their past mistakes... You are a baby in Christ. And you don't understand the power of the blood. If you really understood the power of the blood, you wouldn't look down on somebody because, hey, this person was not a virgin when she got married. I know, I know, I know him, I know him, I know him, I know him. Oh, this guy. And you see, I want you to also understand that there are some ravens who have encountered God that God will send to you. Make sure you don't take a stone and stone them away. Elijah could have easily done that. Me, I have encountered an angel before. It's angels who minister to me. What is a raven or what are ravens doing here? Take a stick, get out of here, evil bed. You, who are you? When angels were ministering to us, where were you? God will send a raven. Somebody whose past may not be what you think it should be. But God may put a certain word in his mouth. God will put a certain word in her mouth. In actual fact, people who have had weaknesses in certain areas, once they are able to break through in that area, God anoints them to break similar yokes. It's easier for people who have doubled in the occult to be deliverance ministers. You realize there are a lot of them. They're, they're deliverance. They've seen that realm before. So they can flow in it easily. I always say that if you smoke weed before and you've had visual hallucinations, get ready for some prophetic anointing to come upon you. Because, you see, some people are afraid to see in the spirit. They're they are afraid to see what nobody else is seeing. But you, you have hidden behind trees <laughs> and you have smoked certain things before 
The feeling they describe in the books, you, you are the walking textbook. When they say they are, it's like they are floating on the skies. Oh, I know what it feels like. When everybody is seeing the thing as blue, you alone say, no, no, it's red. Like that. You've been there, done that. Such a person is easy for you to transition into the prophetical. So if you, God doesn't give you those experiences because you, you can't handle it. Like how can you be, we are all seeing something and you, you are seeing something on top of what we are seeing. But the weed smoker has been there. I've seen it easy. It is easy. When God is looking for somebody to use to solve a certain problem, I believe most of the time he looks for somebody who has made that kind of mistake before. One of the few times there was infanticide in the Bible. Infanticide is when children are killed. It was when Moses was a baby. And it happened in the nation of Egypt. They killed the children. Another time we heard of that happening, it was Jesus' time. And this time, God's own son was in danger. He needed to hide him somewhere. He needed a country that he could be sure. His son would be safe. Of all the neighbors of Israel, the place he chose to go and hide his son was Egypt, who have, who have made that same mistake before and God dealt with them. Look, get ready for God to use you in the areas of the mistakes that you have made. One will list your exes plenty. You alone. There was a, lady, a certain lady. She said she, she, she's attracted to guys with a certain guy guy kind of nickname. So if you come, you know, she too, that is what makes her, you know. Once uh, he's a, a busy day. Ah, you are a guy. Don Swagger. Skalawanga. You are excited. <laughs> he said one day some guy came and she asked, What's your nickname? Guy said, Alewa. Go, 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 go. We have dated hard guys before you, Alewa. Alewa is, some, uh, is it that, some, that toffee that the children. Uh-huh. It's what? Black and white, that is Alewa, eh? Uh-huh. Maybe it's because he's a sweet guy. You never know. Aliwa. <laughs> you want Don Ziggy? Say, yeah, it's correct. Some of you are remembering your nicknames in school. Eh? Uh-huh. But, people of God, the message is simple. God told me to come and tell you to be prepared for Him to use you forget about your past forget about your mistake for some of you some of the mistakes are not even fully in the past they are not fully in the past once in a while say once in a while twice in a while say twice in a while thrice in a while say thrice in a while AI a chronic 
It started as an acute problem. But gradually, the frequency. Some of you have even given up that ask for this thing. But when I preach on little by little, I told you that any time you come to church, any time you pray, any time a prophetic word is released upon you, something is added to you. You may not see it immediately. It is just like how you grow tall or your hair grows longer. You don't see today, ah, tomorrow, five millimeters have come to add. No. Gradually and little by little, something is being added to you. Continue to serve God. Continue to do the things of God. Don't look at the things that are behind. I believe when Paul said, I do not consider myself to have apprehended, but I don't, I, 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 I forget the things that are behind. I'm sure he also was talking about his failures and his shortcomings, not just his victories. Continue to serve God. Continue to come to church. Look, even if you go to misbehave on Saturday night, Sunday morning is when God is looking for you in church the more. Don't allow guilt to take you away from the presence of God. Because when you come, something will be added to you. A certain word will be spoken. A certain song will be sung that will elevate your spirit. And little by little, you see, yokes can break in two ways. Either it will be broken in the middle or you outgrow the yoke and it will come off your neck. And as you come to church, things are being added to you. Value is being added to you. And gradually that joke is going to advise itself in two different directions. And you are going to be free. And, 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 and you'll be where you have always been wishing to be. It may be a problem with your temper. It may be a problem with lust. I'm not giving you the go ahead to continue to misbehave. But I'm telling you that don't let those weaknesses take you away from the presence of God. Continue to serve God. Continue to pray about them. At our visitation, one of the things I'm teaching you to do is to pray into your day. And one of the things you must do praying into your day is to pray specifically about that weakness every day. Declare war and victory over it on a daily basis. When you wake up, you say, this morning, I'm declaring in the name of Jesus that those things about lustful thoughts will not have an authority over me in the mighty name of Jesus. This masturbation will not have authority over me. This pornography will not have authority over me. Deal with them daily. There are some debts that must be daily debts. You must die daily. Until you come to a point where you have dealt with the thing completely and you are completely free. But until then, you still qualify for God to use you. You may be an angel. We thank God for the angels. God will use angels. But then more importantly, God will use angels and use ravens as well. God bless you for listening to the word. We trust you have been blessed by this message. For more information, reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our Facebook page, The Overflow Worship Center. Days less. Overflow! Someone overflow!